Down to Business with Bobby Kerr on News Talk. Now, we've spoken a lot on the show about what makes a good or great presentation. Well, this time we're reaching for the sky as I'm delighted to be joined by Dave Fishy Fish. He's a pilot extraordinaire. He's also the author of What It Takes to Create Winning Presentations. Fishy, you're very welcome to the show. Bobby, good morning. Uh, Lovely to be here and uh, to be having this chat this morning. Now, we'll get into the book and the art of presentations in a second, uh, Fishy. But firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself. You had a stellar career uh, in the advertising uh, business. You're also an accomplished pilot, a man of many records. But I'd be fascinated to know a little bit more of you. For sure. So, um, yes, 30-year career in advertising, media, marketing, uh, client side. Uh, I've run advertising agencies. I've worked on the media side uh, and actually worked in radio as a head of strategy uh, in Sydney for a few years. Um, and, yeah, passionate aviator. And I love blending uh, the discipline, rigor, um, and some of the science, actually, behind aviation with leadership and strategy. All of my roles in advertising have been in strategy-related roles. But I do find in business, sometimes we don't have the discipline. Um, you know, for instance, if a business fails, someone writes a case study for the Harvard Business Review, and that's about as far as it goes. Whereas if we you know, lose an aircraft uh, or the space shuttle blows up, we spend a billion dollars investigating it. And I love uh, crossing the streams of the discipline and rigour in aviation and bringing that into business. Now, as a young lad growing up, Fishy, uh, you had an ambition uh, to be a, a pilot of a, of a blimp. Uh, that was your your boyhood dream, and it's a, it's it's a dream that materialised for you. It did, in, in uh, often is the case with me in, a, in a, a, an interesting way. So yes, I, I grew up in a small town uh, in England called Bedford, where they made uh, a historic um, uh, airship. So back in the thirties, uh, things like the R one hundred and one hundred and one, very uh, steeped in airship history, but then went on to become a modern manufacturing centre for modern airships. And I was a kid at school watching these things fly over my my schoolyard and was fascinated by them. Um, but didn't get to be a blimp pilot straight out of school uh, because that company went bust um, and didn't didn't get any more funding. Um, but later years, um, I managed to buy, as you do, uh, a small one-man second-hand airship uh, that belonged to a DIY chain uh, who no longer needed it. And then I was taught to fly that by Pale Instrument, who was Richard Branson's ballooning partner in all of his crazy endeavours. So I did eventually get to be a blimp pilot um, and, uh, yeah, through unconventional means, but uh, ticked to that box despite the uh, careers council at the time raising both eyebrows, I'd say, when when I declared that I wanted to be a blimp pilot. And you're also a, a, a British skydiving champion. Uh, you've won gold at uh, aerobatics championships. Um, does the list go on? Are you somebody who just always is looking for the new record or the new to push yourself further for the next great, either aviation or other uh, or other success? I, I do I do like exploring boundaries and I think that's true of business as much as it is for my aviation passions. So yes, um, when I get into something, I am um, both driven to try and find uh, sort of all the angles of a sport. Um, I'm also very competitive, so that's what's led to some championships and some medals. Um, but yeah, I like uh, it's kind of I think the strategist in me. I like to understand how things work. 
Um, I need to make sense of uh, all the parameters of a sport or a business or a situation that I find myself in. And that often leads me into um, the more extreme corners of uh, whether it's hot air ballooning, whether it's skydiving or flying aerobatics, um, the, the path that's uh, less trodden, shall we say. Right. Um, um, and as much as I can, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about those things and observing what's going on and sort of skydiving was an incredible lesson in teamwork for me one of the one of the most incredible high performance teams i've ever been part of um and that's something i took into my leadership journey to sort of bring some of those learnings into how i built teams within businesses okay and that brings us neatly or unneatly to presentations because uh, a good presentation and an aviation skydive uh, couldn't be further apart from, from the world I uh, come from. But tell us then about it. Was it really out? Was this book born out of your own observations of seeing so many awful presentations over the years that you said, surely there's a better way of doing this? Pretty much that that's it. It's a frustration. So I have sat through, I've created a lot of presentations. Some of them have been amazing and some of them have been dreadful. Um, and in the book, I talk about one of my greatest failings in a, in a pitch for um, the BMW business in the UK uh, that we didn't win because the presentation uh, really let us down. So tell us um, more about that. So that one um, was really sort of the the, a turning point for me in terms of some of the learnings um, that led to a lot of the work I do now. And that was, we we took this, we got this brief to, to work, to pitch for the BMW business and a car client for an ad agency is a very lucrative and desirable thing to have. Um, they look great on your credentials. You get to do really creative work and they tend to pay quite well. So tick, tick, tick. Um, our CEO, CEO loved BMWs. We didn't have a car client. So there's a lot of pressure to win this particular piece of business. And, we went headlong into this. Um, and honestly, right up front, I don't think we ever really understood what the client wanted. And so we made a presentation that was all about us, uh, how creative we were, how strategic we were, how much we loved cars, how much we loved BMWs. Um, and we spent 90 minutes um, boring them, uh, basically, in, in our presentation about how great we were. And you could see about 20 minutes in, and I think this is probably the parallel to skydiving, about 20 minutes in, you could see we'd lost the audience and it, it became really uncomfortable for all of us. Um, I probably 30 minutes in wished I could have just walked out of the room uh, and kind of had that flight or fight moment and just gone for a run uh, out of the room because it was starting to get really awkward because it was clear that we'd lost our audience. Um, and so that was a sort of tipping point where we spend a lot of time on presentation skills, the presenter, how we stand, our poise, our presence, how we work a room. But what I started to learn was the structure of, of a presentation, the, the way we organize our content, the way we tell a story, the way we bring the audience in, that really matters. And over the years, I've just seen so many great ideas, so many important messages, company updates, CEO updates, fail to connect yeah. because the structure of the presentation doesn't support the presenter. And yeah. that frustration is what led me to put pen to paper um, over a good 12-month period and start to collate all of my learnings and put it into this book because there's there's very little out there that covers structuring presentations when you need to move an audience to take action. There's a lot available to help you be a better presenter as a person on your feet and your confidence and your presence and your poise. So I wanted to close that gap. Um, I wanted to help people not have their BMW moment, not have that terrible feeling of loss when you realise that, Actually, you had great ideas, but you stuffed up the delivery. 
it, it's really, really fascinating that you say that. And again, I'm somebody who's been fairly close to this world over a long number of years. And I've always been interested in, you know, what makes a good presentation. And God knows I've seen so many awful ones. But one of the overriding lines in your book, uh, Fishy, is that, you know, that people make the mistake of starting with what they want to sell rather than what the audience wants uh, or really needs to help them do their job. If you just went to every presentation with that my, with that line embedded in your head, I think you'd be 80% there. 100%, 100%. And it's, it's natural to start with what you want to communicate or what you want to sell or what you need to get across. But absolutely, if you have that reframe moment to go, okay, well, that's what I want. What does the audience want? What do they need out of this? They're giving up an hour of their time or they're about to sit through 90 slides or they're about to stand in a company town hall for 30 minutes without chairs. What do they need to hear? What's going to make this of value to that audience? If you have that reframe, and honestly, that reframe alone will fundamentally change the success of how you deliver your content because everything that follows that reframe will change the way you structure the narrative the way that you tell the story to get that information across to that audience. Yeah. And just, I, 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 I'd love to go through the book with you all day, but our listeners would be very interested in your take, Fishy, on what you should never do. Can you give us a few there of, of the absolute no's when one is making a presentation? Uh, so one of my absolute pet hates um, that is guaranteed to frustrate an audience is when, when someone says to you, hey, we're, we're running out of time. What's the important things we need to get across? That is not a signal to speed up. <laughs> so you're at slide 45. You know you've got 90 slides to go. You've got six minutes left in the presentation. That invitation is not one where you just speed through the last 45 slides as fast as you can. It's an invitation that says you're running out of time. What are the important things you need to get across? And if you've structured your story and you know your content and you've elevated the benefits and what you need to get across, you can cut to the chase. And you yeah. can go, okay, let's go to 63 and slide 74, and here's the point I need to get across. You can even jump out of slides and land those important points. There is no point rushing through in those last few minutes just because you've got the slides that you have to present them. That is, that is a surefire way yeah. to frustrate yeah. and lose an audience. So, Every time. so accurate. And again, I've seen that so many times and that advice is, 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 is well made. So uh, David Fishy Fish, pilot extraordinaire, author of What It Takes to Create Winning Presentations. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure, Bobby. Thank you very much for having me on. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr on News Talk.